Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. So today's episode, I got one, I guess I'm going to kind of announce what the episode's going to be about first, and then we'll get into a quick announcement. Um, so today, I, we're going to do an episode, I, I was going to be done with kind of this new age spiritual stuff, at least for a while. I, I have done a lot of content on it, I feel like, or personally, I feel like, um, and I know other people do it quite well as also, and I was kind of just over it, but I had my friend send me the documentary, The Deep End, and it's about Teal Swan. And Teal Swan, she's kind of been doing this kind of spiritual guruing stuff since 2011, and she calls herself like a spiritual catalyst, and she identifies as like a multi-dimensional alien. She has, you know, over a million subscribers on YouTube, all that stuff. She she has She has the influence, right? And... I didn't really expect to do something on it, really. And I thought about writing something about it, but I thought speaking about it and having more uh, raw reactions to it would be more fun and better anyway. Uh, so I'm excited to do it to do it that way, you know? Um, yeah, just because mostly I couldn't believe some of the clips they got in this documentary. And I have a couple of clips um, that I want to play to just open a broader discussion. Cause I don't really want it to be like a review or overview of this documentary. It's more so like a bouncing off point to hopefully talk about stuff. So I'm going to see where this goes. And if I like it and you're listening to it, it means I must've liked it enough to, to post it. But the announcement is I have switched my podcast feed. Basically all my long form content stuff is now on Substack. It's all in one place. Um, my written stuff, my podcast is coming from there, all that. I don't have a, my old podcast website anymore. It's all on Substack and also make it easier for people to have bonus content so they can either get the bonus podcast episodes and they can also get the, um, bonus letters, the extra letters, such as like the dream journal, personal journal. Um, yeah, that helps me spend more time in this and, continue to do the stuff I like to do and enjoy doing. So I appreciate that. Um, but if not always, you can, you know, share the, the email that you get this in or share the podcast with whoever, uh, follow me on the socials, all that stuff. Links are down below probably. Um, but yeah, let's, let's talk about Teal Swan and see what thought she, <laughs> she brings up. Uh, let's enter the labyrinth. Okay, so I don't want to like just jump right into the clips this time because the clips are more just examples of maybe some of the things I talk about and also just to give you an understanding of the the issue that these gurus often come into and, and why they become so problematic. Um, because when, when discussing people that get accused of being a cult or being a cult leader, I always like to add this sort of preface to it. You know, you, you kind of ask the question, why do cults grow? You know, why do these guru types build a following that begin being called a cult? You know, and, and that's what this documentary is about. It's like analyzing. Uh, and I'm going to put links. I'm going to put also links to analysis that I liked about this that, are, that went into stuff that I'm not going to get into. So I'll have all these links below and, and content about this stuff. Um, but anyway, so like 
the idea of cults and, and why they grow and why they become problematic and how these gurus, how often they have these very typical psychological issues, I guess you could say. And Teal Swan, the reason I'm doing this episode and I've been so fascinated by the documentary of the deep end is because like when you go into a documentary, you always wonder, you know, a documentary is trying to create a narrative. They usually go in with a narrative and they want to get clips uh, get perspectives, camera angles, music, all this stuff that tries to fit a narrative that they're trying to get across. Uh, I've even watched a couple of Teal Swan's response videos to the documentary because she didn't realize that this company that came in that was going to do a bunch of videos that they were going to frame her this way. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to get, hear her reaction to it. But it's also the case that even if that's true, even if they're trying to create a narrative, you can say so many outlandish things in a 30 second clip window that is so ridiculous that it's pretty hard to argue that you had to, you needed the context. There's a point where the context doesn't fucking matter. And what you just said is just really dumb. And that's just the reality of it. And I think that's what <laughs> happened with some of these clips in this documentary that I've seen. Um, so I do, I do recommend people watch it. But like I said, that's kind of, I wanted to give that, that background overview, overview, but also like cults in general, cults fill a vacuum, a need, a vacuum, a need that, that individuals or society are not finding themselves able to fill. That's what cults and cults leaders do. They fill that problematically often, right? But they fill something for someone. You know, and, and it's because it's like also this idea that we value comfort. You know, I enjoy, let's say, learning and um, analyzing cults because we as humans, I think all of us have very cultish behavior. Uh, you know, like, sure, we target the traditional examples, but just consider how often we biasly take in information. You know, we dismiss stuff that goes against a narrative we have established for ourselves. So we can then fall in line with the ideology we have embraced. So we, we block out, we dismiss outside voices that go against our beliefs. So we, we have this kind of makeshift cult within our own psyche that we want to protect. So we want to feel the comfort of being part of something. So that's what we have to, that's why cults become so problematic is it's because gurus like Teal Swan, they're attracting some of the most, vulnerable people, people that don't have a lot going from them. They've, they've hit a rough patch often and they don't know where else to go and they are kind of desperate. This is a common theme, especially when we're talking about these like self-help type gurus, you know, especially the spiritual gurus. Like I said, she believes herself to be like this multidimensional alien. Uh, she believes she has this like ability to like, there's even a clip. I don't think I have the clip. Um, in my little pre-prepared clips to play for you. But I did find a clip where she, she claims to be able to access this thing called like the Akashic record. Uh, I'm not going to go through the history of that, but let's just say it's not a reliable source necessarily of like, Oh, like you just go into the astral plane and ask, access this Akashic uh, record and then you have access to all the knowledge, every thought that will be thought and every thought of the past. Like that's, no, that's that's not how our minds work. Um, that's not how gathering knowledge works. 
And she believes, like, she she essentially believes she's kind of all-knowing in that sense. She has the ability to do that, she thinks. Um, she also has compared herself to Jesus. She just has a lot of problematic behaviors that need to be pointed out. Um, and I want this to also get into, you know, because the reason I'm also fascinated by these, these kind of spiritual types is because I've done the whole, you know, spiritual ritual thing because I was interested in it. I've never been super, never been religious, really. I've never um, gotten too deep into the spiritual belief stuff, but I still find it important to access the, that piece of yourself, that piece of your psyche, that that thing that I think creates our desire for meaning and, and cultivates that meaning for people, that connection. Uh, it's an emotional state almost. It's an emotional feeling, uh, more intuitive state, I guess you could say. But the issue with that state is it's also not super, it's not always reliable because you need to bring in some of that rationale state of mind into it as well. Um, yeah, and that's why I get fascinated by these guru types is because I can almost relate to some of the things they're trying to say to an extent, uh, but it's just the way they're going about it and, and almost like this egomanic behavior that is scary. It's scary for the what it can do to people and, and, and all that stuff. So let, let's just, I'm kind of rambling here. So let me, let me uh, play one of these clips. Let's take it from there. Uh, I'm going to do the first one. It's kind of her, it's like a little, like an intro one almost. I kind of like, we'll see. You'll see. The majority of people, if you just showed them a red button and said, push this button and you feel different, they would push that button. That's why our pharmaceutical companies are doing so well today. We're in the opposite business. We're not in the business of people feeling immediately better. We're in the business of healing. I'm going to ask you for this week, you start looking at the world through the lens of trauma. What do I mean by that? The question is not what's wrong with you, it's what happened to you. And unless we deal with that, we just can't move forward. That's why you're here. Completion process is not a trite self-help technique. It is this extremely intense soul retrieval process whereby you are undoing the entire trauma and the reason that I have to give such a big warning relative to this process is we're coming up against mainstream psychology in a lot of ways. It is a major debate whether re-experiencing a memory is something that people should even do. My rule is if you want to come within 50 miles of me, you better be ready for the deepest end of the pool. Okay, so that was Teal Swan talking, and I feel like that clip is a perfect one to start because it really... It shows it's a very, this like individualistic based idea of spirituality, one. And two, you have this almost, this very Western arrogance about it. This Western certainty around what you're experiencing with your mind and where all that's coming from. That's what I found so fascinating about it. Because if you listen to the words she's saying, and, and I'll provide some context to this too as well. This idea of bringing up trauma and remembering trauma. And what we need to remember is that when we try to remember something like trauma, we're relying 
on memory uh, in the sense of, and I'm talking like childhood trauma where it's been years and years and years since it happened. It's not like a recent thing where like you can be certain of some of those details that happened, you know, that you can be more certain at least, not certain, but more certain, right? But childhood trauma, we know, uh, because this was a thing going on in the 80s and 90s with some issues with this where there's this really, this fixation on childhood trauma. Uh, but the issue is that like psychotherapists were running into is they started realizing that by trying to get someone, a child, for example, or a person or a younger person or a young adult even to remember their childhood trauma, they ended up creating a memory. They would create essentially a trauma because it's like when you get yourself inserted into a state of mind where you have this very emotional state of your trying to remember why, like maybe you're like, maybe you're, and this is me just kind of theorizing here. So bear with me where it's like, you're in this current state, you have this current mindset, uh, where you don't like the way things are going emotionally. You're kind of, you're not feeling great. Maybe you're a little bit depressed. Maybe you're disassociating, uh, constantly sad. Let's just say you're not, you're emotionally, you're not in a good place. Okay. And now you go to someone that is trying to solve this issue for you. And this is what Teal Swan is doing. Like, and I say solve purposely because she is saying, come to me and I will solve it for you because I'm going to show you something. But it's the question of what is, what she's showing you, is that thing reliable? Uh, because when you have these vulnerable people and you do these maybe ritualistic practices, spiritual practices that are supposed to get you into a one, make you feel comfortable with accessing said current state of emotional trauma, the current state of it, the depressive state maybe, and get you comfortable with with maybe like someone like Teal Swan and your, the environment you're in and then begin saying, okay, now lean into those feelings because those emotional feelings, those emotional things you have. And that's your psyche being inserted into a place of true just uncertainty. It's like uh, really facing just that uncertainty around existence, that void, like feeling the abyss, whatever you want to call it. There's a million terms for it, right? And that, like, that's that's where the the experiences with spiritual practices comes into play because you know, like, that's a that's an emotional state. I feel like we've all kind of a lot of like, especially people listening to this, have been into that state of mind, right? But imagine it more intense because these these are people that have maybe had a current situation in life that's not going well. So they're in this vulnerable state, but now your mind, your psyche goes into survival mode. It wants to fill in the gaps. Like as we create narratives in our everyday life, we create a narrative to follow. That's just part of being human. We create these narratives to follow, to make sense of our existence, to to create a path for our existence. So when you enter your psyche into that state of uncertainty, that a very emotional state of uncertainty, it wants to fill in those gaps, to reinsert a narrative, to recreate a narrative, to make you feel sane again, to make you feel whole again. But the issue is, is when you when you do that and you have someone telling you, okay, I like, and, and this is where Teal Swan becomes problematic. She's telling you that, oh, I can, because like Teal Swan also thinks she has like these powers to to like read people's thoughts and and to read their emotions, all this stuff. So she also asserts herself with this idea that that she believes she I think she believes this 
that she can, you know, access people's memories and essentially know when they experience something and, and tell that to them. So she's taking these people into a vulnerable state, then telling them they experienced a childhood trauma. And we know in the past, we have this research around this, that people are recreating or creating, not even recreating, creating a trauma, a memory, creating a false memory about why, like about their childhood experiences, you know, and, and it's that false memory issue because it's your psyche trying to make sense of the pain. So if you're trying to make sense of your current pain, so you look to your childhood to make sense of your current pain, but to order to do that, you want to fill in the gap because maybe it's hard to access that because our memories are not as precise as we want them to be. It's not like you can recall every memory from your childhood. That's just not how memory works. So you make something up. You make up a lie. You know, and obviously real childhood trauma occurs and we do correctly remember some of that stuff. But when these, when she has, like Teal Swan, for example, and this documentary goes into this, so go watch the documentary to get more of that stuff. And I also have this other um, podcast I want you to, I'll link below if you guys are wanting to do more of a deep dive on this, where it gets into that, that idea uh, because we want to assume just, we, we want to assume the accuracy of our memory. Uh, and that's where things become problematic. Um, and, and, and like the evidence for, for Teal Swan doing this is basically she brings up like saying, oh, like modern psychology doesn't agree with what I do or doesn't like what I do. And we're going against that. It's the, the reality is, is she's using outdated psychology like she is doing practices she's putting her own little spiritual ritual trend on it but she's acting upon a form of psychotherapy and and i I actually like psychotherapy but like this is a form of psychotherapy that has been found to be very problematic and sometimes harmful because it's she was correct when she said that it's a debate whether reliving childhood trauma is a good thing and that is true um yeah i don't i don't know if i want to get right into the because like the other evidence for this and why it's such an issue is you can start sensing from this okay so you accept the premise that teal swan this is her method she also the i'm going to actually leave this part for the document we're going to see where the other clips go um, sorry, I'm a little bit all over the place with this one a little bit, but yeah, let's do the next one. And I want you to see how one of her, we'll call it patients, even though she's not like licensed, but one of her clients, whatever you want to call it. Um, she kind of, I really want you to see her ego at play here and how she forms herself around relationships. We are dancing around this every time you come. I want you to start talking about why you don't want to be here. I don't know. I, I guess I just can't appreciate things. My mom used to tell me that. She said nothing ever satisfies you. She used to tell me. I don't want to align with your mother. Your mother's not right. What it is is that in your childhood, nothing was safe to take in. We're working with a split within you that has to do with childhood trauma and your worth issues. Do you understand how frustrating it is for a child to be treated like shit, but to yes, literally have there be nothing? Yes, I know. Why aren't you letting yourself get mad about that? I'm not allowed to get mad. I just told you you were. 
No. I'm trying to know what's real about you. No, bitch. We're not going through more pain. I'm not going through more pain. You're a confusing person because you come to these workshops and then you play this game with me. What is it going to take you to stop fighting? I want you to start talking about why you don't want to be doing this. I want to Because it's... I don't think it's going to get better, for one. All right. Two, it hurts. Like, I physically am hurting, yep. and it fucking sucks. And I come here to keep learning and learning and learning and learning and going on this fucking carousel over and over and over again. My life's retreats. And in between, we're in agony and talking about the next retreat. Holy fuck. I'm not signing up for a life of this shit. Like, I'm not doing this shit. I'm not signing up. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this. Okay. So the reason I wanted to play that clip is because you can, this is someone that is paying to go see to Teal Swan's retreat. She charges like five grand to go to these things. Right. Uh, And you can see this person is recognizing one, she no longer, there's another clip earlier in the documentary of basically her expressing that she no longer trusts Teal Swan. So there's a disconnect between the patient and this supposed called therapist and healer, right? There's a disconnect there. Uh, she doesn't trust Teal Swan anymore. But Teal Swan tries to just reassert herself into that and starts almost blaming the other per- her this this woman for these feelings and telling her how she should be feeling and and all this stuff. Um, But also I I like this clip because you are starting to see the person recognizing the almost like loophole, this feedback loop of, of being in this form of like a, almost like a cult, right? Where she's recognizing, okay, they're having me access supposed all this trauma. My life is not getting better. I don't feel better. I don't feel like I'm making progress. And I'm paying these people all this money. And every time I come here, they say, oh, like the next retreat, then we're really going to get into the good stuff. The next healing session, we're really going to get into the good stuff. And it becomes this cycle where you're feeling like shit outside of these places. You're in these places. You're supposedly healing all this stuff, but really you're kind of just unlocking all of these things that don't need to be unlocked because there might not even be fucking true. Uh, and then you leave these places, you're away from these people that are also in a vulnerable state. So people bond over, you know, these people are bonding when they're probably at these places. I'm just interjecting some of this here based on my own experiences with spiritual groups. People bond when they insert themselves into these vulnerable states, even whether they're taking a substance, you know, doing like deep meditation or or whatever it is, these type of events, spiritual events, they end up bonding because you're all inserting yourself into this vulnerable state. So you want to be able to share and you're kind of just like trauma dumping on everyone sometimes. But this, this woman is recognizing the problematic cycle of the thing she's in and she's rebelling against that. And Teal Swan's trying to bring her back in. And I, and I bring this up because you can, you can again see in this clip, Teal Swan is just so certain of her practices, her beliefs, and her ability to do this, you know? And I know maybe some listeners are going to not care. Like, she's not licensed. She doesn't have schooling in psychology. I don't even know. Like, I don't know the full 
I don't know if she went to college or anything like that. And I'm not even saying that needs to necessarily be a requirement. But in this case, she's using a practice that was used in psychology that was found to be problematic and she's still using it. And she was a patient. Teal Swan was a patient of someone that was notorious for this practice of creating false memories. This this therapist, um, that it'll be in the link below. It's it's in the podcast episode. They, they dive into it in one of their episodes. It's an amazing podcast. Does a deep dive on Teal Swan. I think it even goes deeper than uh, the documentary. The documentary gives you like this up close and personal view of Teal Swan. Um, but the podcast goes into the background of the creation of Teal Swan. And there's a lot of evidence that some of Teal Swan's story, like because Teal Swan claims to have been as a child one abused, which I'm not gonna, you know, there's a very real possibility that she was, because I'm not gonna like deny someone's truth in that regard. But the details around it and the therapist she was seeing that helped her supposedly discover how this this trauma came about, that's where it becomes problematic. A a a therapist that was I don't know if she was sued or prosecuted. She lost her license for a while. Um, because she was doing this practice that was no, one, no longer accepted, two, was found to not work, and three, was like creating all of these false cases of accusations of people like accusing their parents of abuse when there was no evidence for it happening. She also, Teal Swan, in Teal Swan's case, she claimed to have been like put under these, these like satanic rituals, and she also happens to come from a therapist that was a therapist around the time of the satanic panic. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of evidence. You'll have to go into that. I don't want to go into that too much because I don't want to dismiss someone's claim trauma either. Um, however, uh, there's some problems in Teal Swan's history through her friends and family and the therapist that she was seeing. Um, there's just a lot there that we're not going to dive into this episode. My point of bringing that part up though that part. Let's say what I what I was just saying is true. You know, where she claimed to have healed herself by by discovering this trauma from this therapist. But let's say the therapist was doing what she, the therapist had a history of doing. And I think her name was like Barbara Snow or something. Let's say that was true. That would then you know, you, you, you go into this and thinking you're accessing this childhood trauma where your mind is actually making a memory. And that's the issue with, with talking about childhood trauma is because I don't doubt in Teal Swan's story especially that there's some partial truths there in what she's saying. But the issue comes about is how much of it is true and what are the practices of therapy are you using like years down the road? Like, cause I think she was going to this, this therapist when she was like 20 or late teens or, or something along those lines and accessing tra- trauma from years ago. And she came away with this narrative of how this all went down and they, they couldn't, they even like the police tried to even look into it and they couldn't find anything to, to connect it at all. So there's, there's all these factors into play that kind of show that a lot of it was cr- possibly created. Okay. So now you have this person, this child that was, she was having mental health issues all through her childhood now she goes to the therapist with the answers, supposed answers, helping her un- supposedly unlock things. She's going to see that as a very profound experience because now your narrative is falling in place. 
It's connecting. Everything becomes more cohesive. It's starting to make sense. You just made sense of your pain. Even if you use a false memory, you now have just made sense of your pain. So you're going to add this whole profound nature around what just happened. And she's taken that. And now she's practicing that same type of therapeutic practice, this idea of like, oh, I'm going to insert you into this traumatic state and you're going to, un- you know, I'm going to throw you into the fire. I'll, I'll tell, my, I'll say that I'll save you, but I'm just going to, you got to be ready to be thrown into the fire. She said that in like kind of the opening clip, that type of idea. And so my point is, it almost feels like it, it, it makes me wonder, this is where I'm just spitballing here. So I don't take what I say as, as truth at all on it, right? Where it's like this idea of, okay, I wonder if like deep in your subconscious, you almost know, you like, you're not, maybe not consciously aware of it, but it's somewhere in your subconscious where you're wondering to yourself, did I create this memory? And you like, know you created this memory, but then in your external world, your conscious self, you're, you're mirroring people. You're trying to get this reflection back into you that what your mind is experiencing is true. You want the validation for your new narrative. So what fascinated me about Teal Swan and hearing all this background, because like I said, I've done a fucking, I've been consuming a lot of this Teal Swan shit, right? Um, And the idea of projection where now she's trying to heal people through the same method And she has a lot of evidence for doing this where like there is a fuck ton of people supposedly coming to her and uncovering this childhood trauma of being like abused by their parents that they never knew they had before. They had, they didn't remember at all. And all of a sudden they have this memory of it and it makes you wonder because we also don't have a lot of evidence that we actually, uh, like it happens sometimes. I'm not dismissing that, but it's not, it's pretty rare where we like completely cover up a memory where we completely cover up a trauma. You know, that idea that it gets buried deep down in your subconscious is kind of popularized by Carl Jung. I love Carl Jung. I, I, I read a lot of his shit, but like he was a little bit imprecise with that. It's not necessarily true that we do that to that extent where it's just gone. You know, it's really hard to uncover, right? But my point is with the, the subconscious stuff is it's almost like she's trying to get validation back for what her subconscious has done by creating this narrative. She's trying to get validation for her narrative by saying, look it, I'm doing the same practices and I am uncovering this for you. What I experienced is becoming more true. So it almost, you can start seeing it through the lens of this more egoic sense, this egomaniac sense where she is now getting validation for her own created narrative that was created by her psyche being validated by other people doing the same type of narrative creation around their emotional pain, making sense of pain by creating a narrative around the pain. But just because you create a narrative around the pain doesn't mean you're actually processing the pain. If you create the narrative, sometimes that pain becomes even more true than it really fucking is. And that's like the thing to, to consider, I think. And that's what I've been considering about this is that's essentially what she might be doing here. And it's dangerous because she also is more worried about her image because, you know, uh, an example of this is, and before we go into the next clip, why these spiritual guru types become so problematic is because, you know, they, they love to prop themselves up as criticizing, you know, modern psychology, therapy, and psychiatry. 
there is plenty of criticism to be thrown out against our mental health industry, especially here in the United States, right? No, no doubt. I do not dismiss that. I, I agree. But, you know, especially with psychiatry and, and putting people on these substances that aren't really doing anything, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to say my skepticism around some of that. But let's talk about like therapy, you know, therapy it's not as problematic. <laughs> you know, I recommend therapy to pretty much anyone that's going through a tough time. Be like, hey, you have like someone to talk to. Do you have like a neutral trained figure, a therapist, right? Uh, and that type of thing. But the reason therapy is more neutral is because you one, you got to become trained and you get a license. But it's more decentralized in the sense of you know, your authority isn't coming from your individual self. Your authority is coming from this collective uh, understanding of what a trained person is. It's it's more the the power structure in a sense is more decentralized. You know, it's it's not putting the focus on the person that is a therapist. So a therapist is more better able to make it about the patient instead of about the therapist, about them, right? So it's more patient first, therapist second type of thing. But with someone like Teal Swan, and I'm using Teal Swan as the example today because she's been my recent fixation, uh, with these spiritual gurus, when they claim to try to heal people, the healing is coming supposedly through them. It is positioning themselves as therapist first, patient becomes secondary an offshoot of focusing on themselves. It becomes a much more egocentric way of healing people. And it becomes way more problematic because when that happens, you begin having these numbers of people trying to come to you for healing and and you're putting these people into vulnerable places and you can't handle that load, that load of people. And that's what someone like Teal Swan's running into, where you begin creating these generalizations of things, these, these problematic generalizations that people, uh, you know, they need the full context of. And I think an example of this is Teal Swan's also famous for saying some very problematic things around suicide. And this is, goes back into the thing about projecting. Um, you know, she was suicidal. She says she had attempted suicide, all this stuff. Suicide is a very scary issue. Suicide, uh, like education and research is super underfunded. Um, and it's a very problematic thing here. It's a problematic thing in the fucking world. So I talked about the vacuum earlier and Teal Swan seems to be filling that vacuum or trying to fill that vacuum. Not saying she's doing it well. I actually think she's doing a terrible job. Uh, but she's filling that vacuum by claiming to be able to help people that are suicidal. And then she claims like, oh, I'm someone that went through this. Who better to do this than someone that went through, went through it? Which is not fucking true necessarily. That line of reasoning is not how the mind or the psyche works. Just because you experience that pain doesn't, it might mean you're good at relating to people, but it doesn't mean you're good at healing people. Fuck no, dude. Uh, so yeah, she she has positioned herself as this this healer of suicide. But she also says a lot of problematic things, almost like promoting suicide. She believes in reincarnation. So she sees suicide as like this reset button and you'll just be like reborn. So if you like don't like where you're at, that's she says that type of shit. And to these very vulnerable people, she she does it in a sense where it's not it's not helpful. She says it to a group of people. She is in a sense 
I feel it's almost direct promoting suicide. She claims it's in, you know, some people claim it's a little, it's somewhat indirect, but it feels very direct. Uh, and that's where I go back to my projection thing is she had this experience. She solved it through her own way. You know, she says she still has those suicidal thoughts, but she says, look, I went through, I went through the darkness. I went through the shadow. I went through my subconscious. I went through the pain, all this stuff. And now I've, I've felt like now she wants to present her way of solving it, but she's expecting that, that her experience is the truth. She even talks like this. She thinks she knows the truth and she's here to give other people the truth. She fucking talks that way. I didn't even like mince words with that. Very egotistical thing to believe. Very dangerous thing to believe, especially towards vulnerable people. So she's like basically projecting her own experience with suicide onto other people and just, I don't know how to word this necessarily. It's just, it's kind of scary. Um, yeah, let me, let me do the other clip and, and see where my thoughts go from there. This is one where she's getting pushback from one of her, another form of pushback from one of her clients. Because of who Teal Swan is, because of the reach that she has and the type of work that she well, this is the this is a clip from um, the the podcast or the the YouTube video. I'm going to recommend. Sorry, it's this clip I want to play. All right, I'm expressing everything that comes up for me, every question, every challenge and opposition. But I also don't have to agree with everything that's been said by you. And no, nor should I value anyone else. It would be the same if I went to the Dalai Lama today and I said. Okay, but like you, you are in this place of like all knowingness, but who's all knowing for you? That's a challenge. The reality for you is you think there's an actual fucking consequence for somebody not having a mentor. You're afraid of that consequence with me. So. I would love if you would spell it out for us why I'm so fucking unsafe if I don't have a mentor. Okay. If that didn't sum up some of the shit I'm talking about in this episode, I don't know what will. That was Teal Swan responding to this. Like That was a very reasonable question. It's like, Teal Swan, who do you look up to? Teal Swan has created this belief around the self-assurance echo chamber around her own mind that she doesn't think she needs it. She doesn't think she needs to look up to anyone because she thinks she has found the truth and she thinks she knows the truth. Like I said, she thinks she can access the supposed Akashic record that has all knowledge to it. She thinks she can know when she's healed someone. She thinks she can, basically, she has this self-aggrandizing sense of self that thinks she can do literally fucking anything. But the minute, and this happens routinely, that's why I recommend this documentary, the minute anyone pushes back on her, I have never seen one of these gurus be so quick to being defensive right here on camera, just routinely, just demeaning people, cutting people down, cutting people down that she's even supposedly close to, and just ripping them apart, acting as though she is like this divine entity and they are just beneath her. So she doesn't need to worry about their feelings. She has, it's... It's fucking scary, honestly. Uh, I don't know how else to put that, but but my point is is like why her also her example is just stupid of like the Dalai Lama, for example. It's like you know you never stop learning. One, 
It's like, okay to have people you look up to too. And it's like, how do you confirm your systems? How do you confirm your beliefs? Not even confirm, question your beliefs. She might say you don't need to question her belief because she knows intuitively that it's true. But you still need to constantly see if you're, you know, you have more truth there to uncover. And at least maybe that's just my, that's my belief, right? Uh, and, and you do this by listening to the beliefs of people. I listen to the beliefs of people I know I disagree with, but, you know, try to be open to it and try to consider my own bias. Obviously, you can't do that perfectly, but you you try. I try to do that. Um, and Teal Swan just doesn't seem to be doing that. She has this established narrative that she's going to stick to and she's going to fucking tear anyone down that questions it. She has this money-making machine right now um, and it props her up as this fucking divine goddess type figure. And yeah, it's it's scary. And, and, and yeah, I think I'm going to go into more of some of this stuff, a different episode, not about Teal Swan. But the reason I felt the need to talk about this too is, like I said, I have my own experiences in some of these rituals. I've had my own experiences of like getting out of the, or getting kicked out of this uh, cult-like fucking group. Uh, and it's, you, you start seeing when someone shows someone a very emotional state, they become vulnerable. When they're inserted in that emotional state, they want to trust something. They want to get back to comfort. So they're going to create stuff around that experience. That makes it super profound for healing, but it can also be super dangerous for manipulation uh, because your mind in that vulnerable space, uh, state, especially like, let's say you're on like a substance while doing some of this healing and meditation stuff and, and trying to access past memories or analyze the psyche, whatever it is, you're, you're, you're malleable. Your psyche is experiencing something that doesn't come experience. It's trying to get back to that, that constant balance, trying to get back to a balanced state. So like I said, it's going to create a lot of things, a lot of things you have to be wondering how true it is because it wants to make everything you experience. And that's why like people that do psychedelics come away with, with feeling something is more profound, right? Sure. Maybe let's say it is more profound, but also we have to wonder is your psyche wanting to make it more profound so that you get back to a truth to hold on to. You start getting back to a truth to say, okay, this, this is what it is. This, this is what the belief should be. I, I felt, I believe this, that this is me. This is who I am you get back to a state of sanity. When you're in that vulnerable state, you're kind of going a little crazy, a little insane. Uh, not full on insane, obviously, but you, you know, anytime you get super emotional, you, you're less able to, one, control your emotions, two, less able to control your thoughts. So to get back to the constant, you need a new, you want to establish a truth that you feel good about. So when you're on something like a substance and doing some of these spiritual rituals, to get back to that constant you're going to create something. You're going to create a new truth, a profound truth, because what better thing to do, create a profound truth, uh, because that makes you feel good inside. And I'm not saying to not do that. I'm just saying to question that when it's definitely revolving around something like accessing childhood trauma and the worry of creating memories. So I hope that leaves some things to think about. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode, but... It's time for you to get the fuck out of my labyrinth. <laughs>